Welcome to part three about bed bugs. In the second part, we were finishing off talking about rashes. And now, rashes are probably the main thing that pruritus, itching, the skin manifestations that you're going to notice about bed bug bites. But there are other manifestations and diseases that are likely to be described with bed bugs in the future, both infectious and non-infectious. We all know that some fields of study are more challenging than others. What people may not appreciate is that the scientists that study bed bugs have to keep them alive. And the best way to keep them alive for the scientists is to feed them using screens and filters that they put on their skin and letting the bed bugs eat their blood through bites through the skin. And I have thought, I have had days where I don't feel very worky and still stay professional, but right there, that is job dedication. I mean, you don't have to be crazy to work in hospitals, but the hospitals will train you to be crazy, but you need to be a little crazy from the outset to work with bed bugs. Most jobs, the incentive plan seems to be work or be fired, but when you work with bed bugs, your incentive plan is to feed them, and if you don't, your job dies. Now, some of the scientists who have done that for a long time indeed have developed anemia. And on rare occasion, they will develop some unusual symptoms that even can include vasculitis. So vasculitis is an inflammation of blood vessels and can be very serious, not totally shocking that one could trigger an abnormal response in the person's immune system through recurring bites, and that damages the blood vessels. However, I have never seen a physician be so astute that they figured out the etiology of the vasculitis was from bed bugs. And perhaps the biggest medical consequences that physicians will see, maybe even more than rashes, is that this stuff, bed bugs, it causes insomnia, it causes post-traumatic stress, and it causes a lot of anxiety. Anti-anxiety medicine and antipsychotic medicine is occasionally needed. So, yes, the physical manifestations, the most common one you're going to see and maybe hear about is pruritus and the rash, but we can't really put on the back burner how significant the psychological consequences of bed bugs can be. And the reality is that people can lose friends and even visits from family members. So if you think about it, you as a person wouldn't have a problem, at least I think most of my audience wouldn't have a problem visiting a patient or going to someone's house and being friends with somebody who has HIV. It doesn't slightly bother us because we know we're not going to have any kind of transmission. Now, let's switch that around a little bit and your best friend or family member says, come on over to my house. By the way, I have bed bugs, but I think it's mostly under control and I'll keep you in the part of the house where we don't think we have them. That would be very distressing to most people. Most people are going to find an excuse for not going in that situation. And likewise, even if you just have bed bugs, you're not inviting people over your house, which, which I think would be kind of rude, but, but let's say you have them, try sleeping well if you are itching and knowing that when you fall asleep, you are about to be bitten again. 
If you have underlying mental illness and then additionally have to try and cope with bed bugs, it can exacerbate the mental illness. So psychological distress and coping, these are big issues with bed bugs. These bugs are agitating both physically and psychologically, and substantially agitated people are prone to doing things that in hindsight are stupid. Been there with plenty of stuff in my own life. While I am so far lucky not to have had bed bugs personally, I could see how these critters could drive normally sane people nuts. You know the saying often posted on social media that things happen for a reason and sometimes that reason is you're stupid and you make bad decisions? That's one of those things where I look at other people and think, yep, people are stupid. And then I think about myself and think, yep, I've done some incredibly dumb things in my life. And when it comes to getting rid of bed bugs, some rather ill-advised tactics have been utilized with disastrous consequences. I mean, the outcomes have been terrible. And among the tactics I would strongly advise you not to utilize is spraying flammable chemicals, particularly if you are a smoker of any type of legal or illegal product. Here in Colorado for a while, it has been totally legal to be driving through creation in an iry meditation. And for much of America, it is obviously no different and changing. And therefore, I would recommend when you find that a bad day all of a sudden in like 5-10 minutes seems just fine and you happen to develop cotton mouth and munchies at the same time, that is not the time you want to be messing with things like kerosene as a bright idea to get rid of bed bugs. Okay, even sober, don't mess with kerosene or some other chemical you split second think to yourself, this might just work, based on some internet advice from some guy named Wade who explained that's how Granny once got rid of them critters. I'm not saying that science doesn't have its serendipity moments. It's just that the difference between the folks who accidentally realized they were observing groundbreaking discovery moments like penicillin in microwaves is that they were hyper aware of what they are observing. And Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg were not thumping in the background at the time. And yes, that's really where we are at. Cases of lighting a bong or a cigarette after spraying kerosene for bed bugs is a real thing one actually has to warn people about. Because this universe is made up of protons, electrons, neutrons, and morons. I'm not sure if Neil deGrasse Tyson came up with that, but I've heard him say that. So the point being is your 99 problems are going to seem minor when you firsthand learn about the power of combustibility from a highly volatile liquid. Whether or not kerosene or isopropyl alcohol or substances that could work isn't really the smart question, is it? Even if they have worked for a few people, you probably shouldn't be trying the experiment. The experiment has been done many times and ended in disaster several times. It seems that news accounts of these fires disproportionately happen in Cincinnati. Now, I met my wife at a bar in Cincinnati. I lived in Cincinnati for many years, 
and even went to medical school at the University of Cincinnati. And I can't say I'm totally shocked by these news accounts of kerosene and then lighting a cigarette while trying to get bed bugs out of an apartment or a house. But anyway, Cincinnati, calm it down. The well-known thing about bed bugs is the infestations are not easy to treat. Professional help is almost always needed, and the do-it-yourself options can be dangerous. Heat treatments, or possibly pesticides, are often needed. The bed bug dies at 50 degrees Celsius, which is 122 degrees Fahrenheit. So heating rooms for 90 minutes to kill temperatures is one treatment method. Now, heating bedding in a hot dryer after washing is also helpful. So kids, when your parents say, go to sleep and don't let the bed bugs bite, you tell them, dang it, I wouldn't have to if you would do the laundry more often and use high heat when drying it. Actually, don't do that. A mother's love is unconditional, but her wrath is not. Physical removal of bed bugs with a vacuum is an option to try in order to decrease the total burden of infestation, particularly if you can't afford an exterminator service or while waiting for one. And some folks in a desperate situation resort to wearing insect repellent like DEET to bed. It might help for a little while, but actually once those bugs are hungry enough, they will feed. So it doesn't work for the long term. And who really wants to wear insect poison to bed all the time? So I think I'll once again stop it here. And then I do want to come back and talk about insecticides and cross resistance and some other infectious disease issues with bed bugs and then hopefully we can wrap it up with one last lecture. All right, you've been listening to Dr. Gil Parat and I will catch you on the next round.